Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chaos Ball Podcast, the biggest and best and fastest growing podcast in the known universe. Your home for the postseason clinched Seattle Mariners baseball. Man, it's weird to watch the Mariners play the last like week of the season, knowing there's more baseball, in fact, coming after the season's over. The regular season is going to end, and the Mariners are going to be playing more baseball after that. What a crazy, crazy thing. Obviously, I will get into the game. Everyone knows the game I'm referring to, but uh, I have to recap what's happened in the whole week. Those are the rules. I make the rules, but those are the rules, and I stick to them rigidly. Uh, So remember, before we start the show, follow me on Twitter for good Mariners content, at ChaosBall1977. Please make sure to rate and review and recommend to your friends, and thank you for tuning into this one. Very exciting podcast. Let's start out with a vibe check. The vibes are fantastic. Uh, The vibes couldn't be better. The past uh, like two weeks have been brutal, just brutal baseball, but there's a good outlook now, baby, putting all that behind us, starting fresh, October, new month, new baseball, and the team, the vibes are good. The vibes are clearly good with the team right now. Uh, so what happened this past week? Well, we started the final homestand of the season against the Texas Rangers. But prior to this, I feel like we hadn't seen the Rangers in forever, it seems. Uh, I think the last time we saw them, when was that? The last time we saw the Texas Rangers was August 12th, it seems. That was uh, quite a long time ago. Uh, That was a different time in Mariners baseball. But vibes are still good, and that was like sandwiched after the Yankees and the Angels. Uh, just I just feel like uh, coming into this, we hadn't seen the Rangers in a long time, uh, and it was good to see the Rangers again. Just kidding, I hate the Rangers, honestly. Um, but it was I, I went into this with more cautious optimism. The past two podcasts and the past two weeks of baseball were pretty pretty brutal i mean listen the podcasts were good don't get me wrong um but it was the hope was dwindling a little bit just because they were playing such shitty ball uh and ever i felt like both podcasts i was like you know we're playing bad teams this coming week we're gonna turn it around and then they they go out there and they they play terrible baseball uh but this week they did turn around uh and thank thankfully for the red Sox and the orioles just uh losing as many games as we did those past two weeks, basically, we were looking fantastic um, after the first couple games of this Rangers series. So the vibes were a little bit better. I guess the vibes weren't amazing still, but the outlook was better uh, just because the Orioles kept losing. Um, and they were the only real competition against us in the playoffs. And even them being the main competitor, uh, they weren't playing amazing baseball and they were pretty far behind. Uh, that stage of the year. So going into the series, it was fine. We needed a good reset. We needed to go back home in front of the home fans and reset. And that's exactly what we did 
um, on the 27th uh, by losing 5-0 to to this not good Texas Rangers team at home. This one was tough. Uh, my game notes were, unfortunately, I watched every second of this game. <laughs> I, I, this, I missed the Royals series, and then this, this week I was like, all right, I'm back home. Uh, I get to watch Mariners baseball again. I hope to watch them clinch. I'm going to watch every second of this first game back, and I regretted it almost immediately. Uh, Robbie Ray was on the mound, and he looked great. I mean, he went five and two-thirds, almost a quality start. Almost. He just couldn't get out of that sixth inning. Uh, but he gave up six hits in that time, two earned runs, two walks, and eight Ks. Um, pretty pretty Robbie Ray start here. Uh, definitely gave the team a very good chance to win. Unfortunately, the team got blanked. Uh, the opener... Tinoco was filthy. I'm going to keep an eye on that dude next year. He was nasty. Um, and then they had four more, five more relievers come into this game. Uh, and all in total, they gave up five hits to us, and we got no runs. Offense was honestly very pitiful. Uh, Hanniger looked fine. Hanniger had a couple knocks in this game, but otherwise it was just... This was, I don't want to talk about this game very much. It was just a terrible game. Uh, good thing was Ray, Robbie Ray looked good. And uh, Eugenio came back. He DH'd in this game. So that was very, very, very good to see Eugenio back uh, swinging at the plate again. He looked pretty bad at the plate. He did strike out three times in this game, but he, he worked a walk too. Um, it was more just good to see him back. I didn't think he was going to be amazing when he got back because feel like a fractured finger you're back and you feel better but it's not like you feel amazing right uh, okay i don't want to talk much about this game pen murphy came in looked fine uh maddie boyd came in and uh let in some runs at pen um uh, allowed on base uh Diego castillo came in give up a run and then chris flexen ended the game and looked pretty solid but otherwise we lost 5-0 in the first game of the series, and it was like, ah, oh, jeez, here we go again. Here we go again. It's that, like, GTA San Andreas meme, like, ah, oh, shit, here we go again. Uh, so we go into the next game of the series on September 28th, and we took the dub in this game. Mr. Kirby, the curb man himself, took the bump, hoping to bounce back from his very poor start against the A's last week. Uh, and he spun six innings of five-hit ball, gave up one run, walked one, and struck out four. He still didn't look his best in this game. Uh, but it, I think it was it was a gritty pitching performance, I feel like. Uh, a, lot, a lot of that these past couple games. I'll get into that more. But um, he, still, he still looked like some of the command wasn't there. Um... He was hanging more pitches than usual, just more pitches down the middle of the plate. Uh, but the Rangers didn't exactly punish him too much for it, which is which is fantastic. Um, the only run they got off of him was like a Nate Low, Nate Low double, knocked the guy in. Uh, Nate Low's had a or Low. I'm I'm I God Brandon Low, Nate Nate Low. It mixes me up. Uh, he's had a fantastic year, uh, great piece of hitting, but he he girded out. 
a quality start for us, and the offense gave him three runs, which, thank God, was enough. Was enough. Um, great game from Eugenio. Exactly the opposite of what he did in his first game back at DH. He went three for three. Um, almost dead center home run. Swing looked great. Uh, France looks great, and I'll get into that a little bit more later in the later games as well, but... He is on a good trajectory right now, heading to the playoffs. He's definitely looking more and more like the Ty France we saw at the start of the season, pre his injury troubles. Uh, and this was just a good game to watch. This was a classic, classic Mariners victory. Uh, good pitching, good defense, um, little offense, but enough. <clears throat> enough to win us the ball game. And that's what we did. Eric Swanson came in, looked great. Andres Munoz came in, looked great. And Paul Seuold came in, looked great, shut the game down. That is as classic of a Mariners ball game as you can get this year. Uh, 3-1 victory. 1-1 series tied against the Rangers. Going into Friday, the 29th. And the magic number at this point was 2. And... Uh, I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I mean, we're looking good, right? We're looking fantastic. Um, you know, the magic number is two. Things are looking good. Vibes are slowly returning to, to being good with Eugenio being back and nearing Julio being back. Uh, and then the Mariners start playing baseball, and that's when things go sideways sometimes, you know? It's been quite an interesting year for Marco. Honestly, just been just been uh, very mid, especially from a pitcher that's been very prone to midness, you know. Um, but the game started off great. Mitch is back. Uh, he is looking very, very much improved at the plate. Um, at least this past week, he did, which is very good to see. Uh, first inning home run with Eugenio on base, and it was not a cheap one. I think it went 442 and like 109 off the bat. Fantastic start. Excellent start to this game when you know your magic number is two going into it. Uh, and then Marco struck out the first three in the inning. Uh, I think he struck out four in, in two innings, and uh, he looked fantastic. I was like, oh, my God. Is this going to be Marco Gonzalez's best start of the year? Oh, my goodness. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Because then we went into the third inning, and he gave up four runs. Uh, I mean, hats off to him. He came back out in the fourth and the fifth and blanked him. Uh just another mediocre start. I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. Uh, five innings, six hits, four runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Like that, it's fine. You know, it's just not great. Luckily, the offense was picking it up today, so it could have looked way worse than it did. Tough. He gave up three home runs. He gave up um, one to Huff in the third. Uh, Semyon he gave up, which was his first of the game in the third inning, and then Adolis Garcia also had a home run in the third inning. Just a tough one inning from him, kind of had a Robbie Ray sort of tough inning. But then he still went uh, five innings, and, and we gave it up to the bullpen after that, and this was an eventful game. Good Lord. Uh, the final score ended up being 10-9, to and we won in the bottom of the 11th. Just back and forth, too. Say what you love at the runner on second rule. I mean, it... It makes it it makes more runs scored in extra innings, which is fun. I'm still not all the way for that rule, but it's here, and I well, there's no point in complaining about it because I I mean, what is Manfred gonna do something to improve the game that the fans want? 
and get rid of a rule he thinks is going to speed the game up? No, absolutely not. Uh, because we go into the 10th inning tied, obviously. The Rangers get a run. Then we get a run. Then the Rangers get a run. Then we get two runs. And this game ended really strangely. This was a very, very Mariners chaotic end to this game. Uh, Dylan Moore started out the ninth. Uh, or no, um, Jared Kelnick started out the ninth and worked a walk. Dylan Moore uh, then got a knock. Larice Terenz, Mr. Clutch Gene himself, Larice Terenz, ties the game again with no outs. And then JP, this was almost so tough. JP lines it so hard to to Josh Young over there at third base. And it, it barely bounces off his glove and Dylan Moore hustles home and we win. Like, very, very chaotic end of that game. Uh, what a win, though. A walk-off win at home in the 11th inning, high scoring, 10-9. to uh, And a very appropriate end to that game. Uh, and we, we clutched that one out. That was a fantastic win. Very different. This is a very Mariners type win as well because it comes off the back of a fantastic start the day earlier. Very low scoring, and then we have this ten to nine absolute chaos ball, for lack of a better term. Ha 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 ha. Uh, game. Uh, thank how we won. This would have been a brutal loss. <laughs> uh, JP, thank I'm uh, happy for him. He walked us off. Uh, Eugenio looked good at the plate again. He's looking normal, which is fantastic. Hanniger again, very good at the plate. Very good at the plate. And Jerry Kelnick as well, looking good at the plate. Fantastic game today. Uh, two home runs in this game. Well, not today, uh, but two home runs for Kelnick. And he he's just looked, it's September Kelnick, man. September Kelnick is real. And he's been a really meaningful contributor to this team since he's been been called up. It's just fantastic. Uh, so with this win, the magic number goes down to one. And this is when it's setting in for me, and I'm sure a lot of you. Uh, I was like, holy, holy shit. One? I've never seen the, a magic number for the Mariners, let alone be at one. One in September? It's not even October yet. One in September. We have to win one more game and we clinch the postseason and the 21-year drought. Oh, my God. So, go into Friday. And it's on a Friday. It works out much better. And we start the series against the A's. And not a better guy on the mound to have than Logan Gilbert in this game. And this is the game, folks. This is it. This is the game. Mariners fans everywhere will remember for the rest of their lives. Uh, this game is history. Uh, this game will be etched in Mariners history forever. And it, I can't believe it worked out as perfectly as it did. So we go into Friday. The magic number's down to one. The Orioles have won their game. So that means it's on us. And honestly, thank God. It would have been really cool. Obviously, beggars can't be choosers. Um, especially Mariners. Like, if we clinched and it it was because the Orioles lost. Uh, it still would have been sick. Obviously, they would have announced it at the game. It would have been fun. But there's something about, you know your magic number is one, and you go out there and you get the dub yourself, and that's exactly what we did. All of you know, that's exactly what we did. What a nerve-wracking game. <laughs> what a nerve-wracking game. Uh, so Logan Gilbert takes the bump, and 
September Walter is in full effect. I mean, what a start. Eight innings, three hits, one earned run, two walks, and four strikeouts. Talk about a gritty performance pitching. He knew what was on the line. He knew what was on the line. And he fucking delivered. Only run he gave up was a Shea Langoliers home run, and he's been raking recently. What a start. And then Matt Brash came in in the top of the ninth when the game was tied and, and threw one of the more disgusting innings I can remember from him this year. Like, Jesus Christ. I Every time he's pitching, I know when his pitches are going to be on Pitching Ninja, and it's just... It's disgusting to watch when he's spinning that slider like that. Good lord. But I think uh, everyone going into the ninth was like, oh, please don't go to extra innings. <laughs> it was 1-1 the whole game. Really tightly contested contested ball game. And it's like, it's tied. We're at home in front of a sellout crowd because they know they can witness history. A side note, the crowd looked absolutely bananas at this one. I really wish I could have been up there. I really wish. I know a lot of people up there. I saw a lot of you on Twitter were there. It's fantastic. The I've seen so many videos of this, the crowd alone throughout the game, like from a fan perspective. Um, and I don't think I've ever been to a, a baseball game, let alone a Mariners game, with that much atmosphere and just hype. So that was fantastic to see. Fantastic to see, and God, I, I, the whole game I was nervous. It was it was a weird nervousness and FOMO, just because I wasn't at the game and I wish I was there. It was just a weird nervousness because it was like we, I mean, we could clinch tomorrow. Like the magic number's one, <laughs> we could clinch tomorrow. The next day, the Orioles might lose. Like we know at this point, we are <laughs> our playoff odds are 100. percent We're going to the playoffs, but you're still nervous. You're still like, oh my god, please do it, please do it now. And the whole game, it was building to this. You couldn't have written this game better than it happened. Like, oh my god, because we go to the bottom of the ninth, two outs, and the dumper. The big dumper himself comes to the plate, and you're like, no way is this about to happen. Because the first two batters, I think it was Eugenio and Mitch, it was like, oh, please. Please. Please just hit a home run. Please hit a home run. Uh, And they didn't. And then you see big dumper out there in the the on-deck circle. He's like, oh, my God, he's pinch hitting. Oh my god, there's no way. There's no way he's going to do it. He's pinch hitting for Luis Torrens. Which at the time, I was like, I don't know, man. Luis Torrens is Mr. Clutch Gene, but there was no one on. And Luis Torrens hasn't hit a walk-off home run. And it's a righty on the mound. And Kyle Raleigh, we know he rakes against righties. And holy cow, I I screamed. I could not believe. 3-2 count, two outs. And he hits the one of the longest dingers I've seen at, at T-Mobile in a long time. And, oh my god, there's no words for this. I just can't believe it was Dumpy himself. Big Dumper. Build the statue. Build the statue. And if the ass isn't appropriately large, rebuild it. A pi- like, a pinch hit home run to end the playoff drought? And it's like, when you're in the crowd... 
or me at home, it's like, you're like, oh my God, he's going to hit a home run. He's going to hit a home run. Like he has to. But in the back of your mind, you're like, man, the probability of that, the odds of that, <laughs> like, come on, it's not going to happen. And then three and two comes up and it's like, okay, he's probably going to get a pitch to hit here. At least something that's going to touch the plate, you'd think. And boy, did he get a pinch to hit. Bam! Drops the barrel, smashes the hit it here cafe, and chills erupted over my body for the next 15 to 20 minutes. I was just sit. I was tweeting, but I was just, I was just sitting there. I didn't even say a thing. I was just sitting there, just taking it all in. Glad that everyone who was there got to witness that. Um, <laughs> cut. Super emotional. I'm getting emotional now just thinking about it. I just couldn't believe I would ever see this day. Because people my age, and a little peek into my personal life and how old I am, you can gauge how old I am by this. I was, uh, I don't think I was walking when the Mariners last made the playoffs. I may have been, but just barely. I'm just, I'm learning to walk while the Mariners are are going to the postseason. Uh, and so my entire life, I've never known postseason baseball. Most years, except for last year, and then like 2015, 2016, I didn't even consider the playoffs. I was just watching Mayor's Baseball, devoted as ever, watching some of my favorite players, um, and then watching baseball as a whole, just because I love baseball. But I was never in playoff mode, ever. The only really year... I was in playoff mode was last year and that was tough to see, but at least I was hopeful for this year and they really fucking did it. They did it this year. And in the most Mariners in the most perfect fashion ever, I've rewatched the Cal Raleigh home run, no less than a hundred times. Uh, the crowd shots, um, what really made me, uh, emotional was Rick Riz, I think. Um, cause I was watching the, the live, game on tv obviously so i heard the dave sims call fantastic call by dave sims and he's getting his flowers on twitter for that a lot of people are shouting him out being like yeah dave sims has been one of the best in the game for a while and he has but rick riz man i love rick riz and uh i was just waiting for that video to come out because i wasn't listening to on radio and that made me emotional as hell i love rick riz so much and there should be a statue of him next to dave Niehaus out in center field what a call. <laughs> Dave Sims and Rick, what a call. Uh, what a game. What a day for Mariners fans, Mariners baseball. I can't explain how much this means to me and people. It's, it means a lot to, to a lot of different people. Because my age, people, like I said, we've grown up with Mariners baseball in our lives and never once considered uh, the playoffs. We knew there was a drought, but it was like it seemed like it was never going to happen. Uh, people more like my parents' age, Mariners fans, is like they know what playoff baseball was. They've seen some of the best teams to ever play in a baseball diamond play in Seattle um, and not win the World Series and then subsequently never go back to the playoffs for 21 years. It And it means a lot to them too because they've been here for a long time. But uh, it means so much to, to everyone in the city. And I, I just can't believe it happened like that. I, it was perfect. It really was perfect. Um, a lot of fantastic stuff from this game and after this game was was amazing. Um, 
the the speeches after the game, the the dancing on the field, the they've got their playoff shirts on immediately. Like Julio was like one of the first ones to jump out from the dugout, showing he's absolutely totally healthy, which is fantastic. Um, apparently, James Paxton was there. Uh, Daniel Cram uh, Kramer tweeted this out that he he's recovering from an injury right now, but he was in the tunnel in the home clubhouse at T-Mobile Park, and he was in the house watching the game as a fan, which is amazing. Well, that's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome shit. I'm sure Kyle Seeger was watching it somewhere. Um, and just, man, I I'm, I was elated. The crowd shots are the best part. I get chills every time I watch it. I just can't. I still can't believe it. Uh, good, good reason to read a Cal Raleigh stat. Uh, Cal Raleigh is one of four catchers aged 25 or younger with 25 plus home runs. And one and a half plus defensive war in a season. And war, for any of you who don't know, is wins above replacement. Uh, placed value on what a player does on the diamond. Um, and he joins with that stat. Carlton Fisk and Mike Piazza, who did that both once as well. And then Johnny Bench, who did it five times, which is ridiculous. Um, but Cal, special season. Special, special season. I think if we had a MOB most improved player, I think he'd... I think he would win it this year. I'm confident he would win it, honestly. Um, but what else, what else is, there, is there more to say about this game? <laughs> All the videos that the, the Mariners social team has made have been fantastic. Everyone paying attention to the Mariners at a national level has been fantastic. Something I've never, ever seen before, really, besides last year, like in my life. Uh, the dudes look so happy. Jared Kelnick was so drunk. Uh, he was beer bonging in the background of shots. Um, all the guys look so happy. Uh, the, the tarp fell off right when they started spraying champagne everywhere in the clubhouse. That was pretty funny. Uh, Scott's speech to the crowd and saying, let's party. And then he was in the dugout and he basically, he made a very similar speech, but he was like, let's fucking party. Uh, (laughs) America's and Seattle, Seattle's dad partying with all of us. Uh, Julio blew a champagne bottle a little too early during Scott's speech before they started spraying it. And he said, rookie mistake. That was pretty funny. Um, I don't know. This, this is the, this is the moment. This is the moment we're going to relive uh, the rest of our lives as Mariners fans. Uh, Cause there hopefully will be way better moments in this in terms of success later in, in Mariners history. But this is the one that ends the longest drought in American sports and just means so much to the city. And a guy named Big Thumper clinched for us, which will go down in the history books. I hope they write that in all the history books. Not Cal Rowley, no. His name is Big Thumper, all right? His name is Big Thumper. Um, and wow, just what a special, special moment this was. Special moment. I will finally move on from talking about this game. I could talk about it forever. But we go into the next day, and hand up, had no idea that there was a day game the next day. What brutal. So brutal. They uh, they couldn't have just flexed it, just been like, eh, the, the lads, the, they're a little hungover this morning, guys. Could we move the game back to like four or something more manageable? Uh, but no, they went ahead with the day game, Luis Castillo on the bump, and man, they put in a performance. This was the most not hungover performance I've ever seen from a team. Uh, I was thinking about laying money on the A's for this game. Thank God I did not do that. 
because this was not the hangover game we were expecting. The lineup was fun. Dylan Moore, I'll read it out. It was just a fun, wacky lineup. Uh, Dylan Moore at short, Winker in left, Carlos Santana at first, Terenz at catcher, Kelnick in center, Haggerty in right, then Frazier at second, Toro at third, and Brian O'Keefe making his MLB debut at DH, who is a catcher. Uh, and shout out to Brian O'Keefe. He had a great season in the minors at catcher. Um, not uh, the best catcher in the system because Harry Ford, but he had a great season down in Tacoma. And good to see him up with his first LMB hit. That was really cool for him. Uh, and Luis Castillo was on the bump. He went six innings, and boy, did he look good. He redeemed himself from last time out against the A's. Six innings, two hits, one run, one walk, eight Ks. Fantastic way for your last start of the year. And going into the postseason. Like, he's... He, he couldn't be going in on a higher note than that. That's a that's a gem of a game, and he's going to be the game one starter in whoever we play in the playoffs. So, fantastic. Uh, Matty Boyd came in, looked pretty solid, and Diego Castillo came in, and Matt Festa came in, both looking better than they have the past couple weeks, which is very good. And we took the dub 5-1. to one. Um, Carlos Santana, a few knocks, some hits. Sam Haggerty with some timely hits and three RBIs, and... Brian O'Keefe again. He got a walk and a strikeout, and his first MLB hit. Uh, overall, great game. The vibes couldn't have been better going into this game. I, uh, full stop, I was doing things. This was a Saturday. This is when I get to spend time with uh, my girlfriend. And uh, I didn't watch a lick of this game. I was following it, and then I watched the highlights just to prepare a little bit for the show. But Luis Castillo looked like Luis Castillo. Good lord. Man, he's good. Um, and this was, I mean, I could miss this game. It was fine. We already clinched. We already clinched. You know, the vibes couldn't have been better going into this game. Uh, and then the last game I will be talking about from this week, uh, which happened, uh, yesterday. This was the hungover game. This is when the hungover, this is the hangover. They had, they, maybe, maybe what happened actually, they were still pretty lit for the 1 PM game on Saturday. They just kept drinking all night and the boys were just buzzing. All the guys who had an off day in the clubhouse were just ripping shots in the clubhouse. Uh, and they were just buzzing going into that game, and they won. And then the two-day hangover hit, and they lost 10-3 to to the A's <laughs> on the Sunday day game. Still, the vibes were good, but jeez, God. This one was brutal. I, I watched some of this game. Robbie Ray, man. Robbie Ray. He went five and two-thirds. Eight hits, six runs, five of them earned, three walks, and three strikeouts. Robbie Ray, dude. Uh, not great. Not good at all. And it's like it's one thing we clinch, and it's like, no, we're, we're trying to get the first wild card spot, man. You can't have another – you can't have a game like this. You can lose to the A's, but to get embarrassed by the A's, come on. Come on. Ugh. I – I I think the playoff starters should be I think it should be Castillo, Gilbert, Kirby. Now, I don't think Scott's going to do that, to be honest with you. Um I feel like we're more likely going to see Castillo, Ray, uh and then Gilbert, Kirby together in the final game potentially, depending on what happens. Um I don't know. Robbie Ray's just, he's got a little bit of the Marco not dog in him kind of mid this year. I mean, no, he's had a good year. Just, 
His year's been closer to his underlying numbers showed last year. Um, the strikeouts are quite similar, but the ERA and the runs and the whip and stuff is way more similar to what the underlying metrics showed he should have kind of been closer to last year, just statistically. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Still a good starter. Just he's had some starts like this where it's looked like he just is terrible. But some starts, he looked fantastic. So very weird. Uh, but Matt Fessick came in, looked good. And then Penn Murphy came in and, and uh, gave up a few more runs in the ninth. But offense didn't do a whole lot. Um, the ninth inning had uh, Adam Frazier. He got an extra base hit late in this game. And then Winker hit a 3 on home run, which could not have represented Winker's season more than getting a 3 on home run in an absolutely meaningless ninth inning against the A's, which we're losing 10-0. Um, Shea Langoliers hit two home runs in this game, and Christian Pache hit a home run as well. Uh, two guys I have, I've enjoyed watching since they've been on the A's. I haven't watched a whole lot of A's baseball, but I know they got Pache in the Matt Olson trade, who's one of the Braves' top prospects, and Langoliers. Um, uh, I'm forgetting. Did they get him from the Braves, too? That or the Mets or something? I'm forgetting. Uh, but... They both look like good pieces for the future. Uh, the, uh, I was saying Langoliers looks like the perfect type of guy. The, Angel, the Angels? Oh, God. The A's will hold on to for four four years. They'll get through one arbitration period with him, and then he'll have like a really good, really good all-star season to cap off four years of great development, and then they'll trade him. Uh, he looks like that type of guy. <laughs> Um, and this James Caprillion, I, I almost moved on before talking about motherfucking James Caprillion. What is the deal this year with him? Why have we seen him every, every week? It seems like we've seen, he's how many starts do he have this year? Like 25. I feel like we've seen him in half of those guys blanked us every time he went six innings, one hit, two walks, seven strikeouts. He's one of those guys this year. He's looked like the freaking Cy Young every time he pitches against us. It's so infuriating. And it's tough because I saw he was pitching against us, and I tweeted, like, oh, this has to be, like, the 10th time we've seen him this year. And I knew he was going to do this. I knew he was going to spin a gem. And he did. <laughs> Just so tough. Ugh. But that was the week of marriage baseball. Um, that was a tough loss because the Blue Jays won, and now the top wildcard spot just looks... Just looks... Out of reach, I'll be honest. We're we're two and a half back. Uh, we have four against Detroit, and the Blue Jays play the Orioles. There is some hope. Uh, I think the Blue Jays will definitely rest their best starters and, and pitch some guys who have been not good this year. And I don't see Baltimore just stepping off the gas because there's so many young guys in that team. I, I think they're going to give it their all. And theoretically, we could still get the top wildcard spot. Um, someone put out this graph. I think it was a, I can't remember who it was, but I think it was a Blue Jays writer. Um, so the Mariners, the record they need to surpass the Blue Jays for home field advantage in the playoffs. So for us to get the first wild card spot, we have to go at least three and one. If we go three and one against the Tigers and the Blue Jays go zero and three against the Orioles, we get the number one wildcard spot. The other scenario is if the Blue Jays take one of three, so they go one and two against the Orioles in the series, and we go 4-0, we sweep the Tigers, then we'd also get the number one wildcard spot. But 
if the Blue Jays win both games or if we lose uh, more than one, it's over. So it's not impossible. Um, we can definitely sweep the Tigers. We can definitely do that. The Tigers are pretty pretty bad, and we're at home. And like I said, Toronto's going to not. Like, Manoa's done pitching, and I don't, Gosman's done pitching, I think. Um, so that starter's out of the way. And theoretically, it, this could happen. Um, we'll see. It could all be over by tomorrow or uh, the next day, basically. So, and in that scenario, uh, like I said, like I've been saying the past like month, I want, I don't, we should tank. Uh, go Rays. <laughs> go Rays. I don't want this second wildcard spot. Fuck that. Absolutely fuck that. And I just get the sense we're going to get screwed and get the second wildcard spot. I don't want to go to Toronto. I would much rather go to Cleveland if we're not going to get the wildcard spot. Obviously, I'd rather get the top one and have Toronto come to us. But to be quite honest, I'd rather not play Toronto at all because if anyone's going to destroy our pitching in the first round, it's going to be Toronto. On the flip side... If anyone's going to blank Toronto in the first round, I think we have the best possible scenario to do that because our pitching is so good. I think it'd be a super interesting series. Um, I think the Cleveland series would be objectively the best one just because we're so similarly built teams. But I guess we'll see what happens. But that is a scenario for us this week. Um, And then the Rays are a game and a half behind. So we're kind of stuck. We're kind of stuck in the middle. And obviously we should try to sweep the Tigers and hope the Blue Jays uh, lose two of three to the Orioles. Because uh, that totally could happen. Totally could happen. So definitely hoping for that. Definitely hoping for that. Uh, and then more rest of the week stuff. The pitching probables of this week. Thanks to Shannon Durayer on Twitter. Uh, today we got Kirby going. His last start of the season against Brian Garcia. And then we have Marco... On Tuesday in the first game of the doubleheader we have that day. And then Flexen in the second game of the doubleheader. Um, and then it presumably... Um, it's So the pitching on Wednesdays is to be decided. Um, it would be Gilbert's start. So let's say... Like, we need Gilbert to start. Like, we're, we're tied with the Jays or something. Like, if we can win that game and have the Jays lose and we get the top wildcard spot, I would start Gilbert in that game. But if we're just locked in to the second wildcard spot, or one more loss would give us the third wildcard spot, um, let's throw, I don't know, Justice Sheffield probably. I'm assuming it'll be him to start or someone from AAA, but I'm assuming it would be Justice Sheffield because he's on the 40-man. So uh, we could see either Justice or Logan again on Wednesday. So that's the pitching matchup. Um, I think uh, we have definitely a good opportunity to sweep these Tigers, but otherwise, I don't know, man. I don't know. The outlook isn't isn't great. But again, like I said before, beggars can't be choosers. I'm not complaining at all that we're in the playoffs. I'm just going to take Take it all in and uh, take advantage of it. So, <laughs> uh, other playoff updates: the NL wild card is all but set. Uh, 
The Brewers are two back of the Phillies, but the Phillies basically just need to win like a game or two, and the Brewers need to lose a game. Uh, just two games is a lot. I don't know who holds the tiebreak there, but two games is a lot in the last three games of the year. So uh, San Diego just clinched, and the Mets, or the Braves, I guess, already clinched, but that division's basically over with. So we're getting a good picture um, of what the playoffs are going to be like. The AL field is set. Uh, the Yankees clinched their division. Cleveland clinched the division, and the Astros obviously clinched the division. The Astros clinched home field advantage, or they clinched the division in the best record in the league, so home field advantage all of the playoffs, except if they play the Dodgers uh, in the World Series. Um, and then Cleveland, basically, they clinched the three seed, uh, and the Yankees are going to be the two. So those are the one, two, three. Um, and then the wild cards all clinched. It's just got to work out to what the seeding is. Um, and then the National League, pretty similar boat here. Uh, the Dodgers have won 110 games. Um, they're really, really fucking good. Uh, so they clinched their one seed and the home field advantage for the entire playoffs league-wide. Uh, the Cardinals clinched the Central. And the Braves haven't technically clinched the NL East, but they just swept the Mets. And... They're two games up, but really they're three games up because uh, Atlanta has the the tiebreaker. So even if they tie record-wise, Atlanta would be the NL East winner. So they've essentially clinched. I think if they win today, it's official. But they're essentially three games up on the Mets right now. So the, uh, I'm just going to take it as that. The Mets are the top wild card. San Diego's the second wild card. And then the third wild card is probably going to be the Phillies. It could be the Brewers, but most likely... Um, the Phillies. So that is the overall playoff update. Uh, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Should be a fun playoff. And the first playoffs of my life that I'm going to be nervous as hell. Uh, <laughs> watching baseball in October. Never been, never had that happen in my life before. Um, good change of pace, I think. Uh, a little, a little league update since last time out. Pujols did hit 700 like I mentioned last week um, and just an update on uh, he's 98 home runs away from 800 so next milestone next milestone coming up baby uh, <laughs> what a season it's been for Albert Pujols like like I, I said this last week it's been statistically one of his best seasons in a long time and this stat really stood out to me thanks to Sarah Langs on Twitter the most home runs in the league since August 14th. Tied for the top three spots now, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, and Albert Pujols. Oh my, that's crazy. And then the fourth with 13 is Anthony Santander, who's been absolutely raking for the Orioles. So that's just crazy. That's crazy that Pujols is on that list. He's been one of the better hitters in the league since August. That is crazy. That is crazy. That's why it's it's more backing up my gut feeling that it's a stupid Cardinals Devil Magic World Series winning year. Just unfortunate, to be honest with you. Just quite unfortunate stuff if that actually happens. Um, I mean, if anything but the Mariners winning the World Series happens, it's unfortunate to a certain degree. Um, and then Aaron Judge update. Aaron Judge sits at 61 home runs. 
few days ago, he tied Roger Maris for the AL record and Yankees team record. Um, I would like to touch on some of this stuff because ESPN games uh, on college football, I'm a big college football fan, stop showing his at-bats. Um, thousands and thousands and thousands of people have been screaming on Twitter about this. Um, when I, we're on a Saturday watching ESPN, we would like to be watching football. I don't care to to cut to Aaron Judge and watch him get pitched around and walked. <laughs> it's so funny that they're doing that. And not even for the home run. If it if he was on 73, if he was about to break the home run record in the entire MLB, sure, absolutely cut away. I'm all for cutting away from anything to watch that. But this is the American League record, which, okay, cool. And it's the Yankee record. If it wasn't the Yankee record, I, I, I don't think people would be... Like, if it wasn't a Yankee doing this, I don't think it would be as big of a deal. I think it would still be a big deal. Anytime you hit 50-plus home runs, it's a big deal. 60-plus is crazy. Um, and breaking like a league record is cool. I think that's very cool. But if he wasn't a Yankee, if it wasn't Aaron Judge on the New York Yankees doing this, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. And for anyone saying it's the real home run record, you're a dork, you're a nerd. Stop saying that. It's not. <laughs> it's just simply not. Uh, and that's just been funny to watch college football fans on Twitter meltdown because they're cutting away and like rightfully so like imagine you just watch like you're a huge football fan you don't care about baseball why would i want to watch these at bats <laughs> like come on maybe maybe cut maybe if he hits it cut away uh, after like right after a commercial break and be like oh Aaron judge just just broke the roger maris's record uh the other funny thing Oh, actually, actually, there's two more funny things. One is he's just been, one, not hitting the ball super hard the past few weeks, which is hilarious. He might not break this record because of that. And two, Roger Maris Jr. has has been just forced to go out all these games. <laughs> so tough. So brutal. Like, if, let's say, let's pick a team. Let's, um, let's say the Detroit Tigers. Like, I don't know. Or let's say, um, yeah, no, the Detroit Tigers. Why not? Uh, Javier Baez has an opposite year to this year. Javier Baez just hit a 61st home run. Is Roger Maris going to the Detroit Tigers games? No. It's because Aaron Judge is a Yankee. That's why he's going. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, I'm not diminishing Aaron Judge's season. It's been an all-time, one of the best seasons ever. Uh, really fun to watch him rake this year. It's just so funny to deal with it because it just wouldn't be as big of a deal if it wasn't the Yankees. And and it just frustrates me that people are like, this is the real record. And it's like, man, you're such a nerd. Don't say that. Uh, and the, and and that's it. Uh, it. It would be so funny if he just sat on 61 and the Yankees got bounced in the first round. What a treat that would be to the baseball world. <laughs> uh, okay, well, the outlook on this week is high. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, fantastic week of baseball. Again, can't believe we clinched. Um, the fans have shown up this year. There's been more support for the team than I've ever seen. This team is special. Every guy on this team, their name is etched in baseball and Mariner history for breaking this drought this year. They said they were going to do it at the start of the season, and goddamn did they do it. 
And one more thing, the lineup just came out for the game tonight. Julio is back. He's officially off the IL today. He's batting leadoff tonight versus the Tigers in the DH spot. Fantastic to see him back before the playoffs. Fantastic. Get some get some reps in against these terrible Tigers and carry some momentum into the playoffs. I just can't believe I'm saying we need to carry momentum into the playoffs. The Seattle Mariners in the playoffs. Crazy. Crazy. But this is where the work begins. The drought's over. Now we there's championship expectations. Anything less is a disappointment for the next few years for this team. So let's get after it. Keep showing up the games. Keep supporting. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow at ChaosBall1977. On Twitter, we're growing uh, pretty steadily on Twitter. It's great to see. Really fun to interact with all of you on Twitter. Um, and Mariner's Twitter is, is pretty fun. So uh, make sure to rate and review. Five-star rating. Write a review if you really like it. Uh, feel free to email me. There's a link to my email um, in the uh, podcast description. Email me with any suggestions, questions, what have you. DM me on Twitter. Uh, recommend us to your friends, please. Um, but I really appreciate y'all listening. Uh, this has been a really fun season, and I, the content won't stop. Watch out later this week. Um, my official minor league team of the year is coming out. The pod is coming out later this week. So look out for that. Thank you all for listening this far. Uh, go Seattle Mariners with the little X clinch next to their name. Go Ams, and there will be a pod next week discussing the playoffs. So... Have a good rest of your day, y'all. Bye.